Hello, everybody. Uh, we are here from Clovenix Center for the Blind. Uh, my name is Samuel Fuchs. I'm the manager of our Braille Printing House, and I'm here with my colleague, Tina Siegel. Tina, would you like to say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm a curriculum development and transcription specialist with Clovenix. And uh, we are here today um, to talk about a, a technical uh, Braille curriculum that we've been collaborating on with the NLS for the past couple of years. Uh, but first, just a little background about us. Uh, Clovenix Center for the Blind is based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we've been open since 1903. We've been producing Braille since 1914. Uh, we're a founding member of the Braille Authority of North America. Uh, Tina Siga is our representative to the board. Uh, and uh, today we are primarily a Braille producer. We ship about 20 million pages of Braille each year, primarily on behalf of the NLS, the National Library Service. Uh, so lots of different books and magazines, but we're not here today to talk about Braille embossing per se. Uh, we're here today to talk a little bit about the uh, new NLS uh, technical Braille transcribing course. So I'm going to pass things over to my colleague, Tina, to tell you guys a little bit about the course. Tina. Yeah, so uh, the National Library Service has been providing certification courses for Braille transcribers and proofreaders since the 1960s. And you know, during that time, these courses were based on the Braille codes in use that, that were the official codes at the time, and that was the English Braille American Edition code and the Nemeth Braille code for mathematics and science. Now, in 2012, the United States adopted the uh, use of the Unified English Braille code as the, the official code in use for the United States. Now, what this meant is that we actually had two codes that were valid for providing uh, the transcription of math in the US. Now, NLS set about the big task of updating their, um, their certifi certification courses that they offered. And during that time, they determined that, hey, we need a new course. We need a course that will cover how do you transcribe math and other technical subjects using Unified English Braille Code. Um, so that's the course that we were uh, tasked with developing. And uh, throughout that development of that course, uh, NLS working with us determined that due to the you know, advanced and technical nature of the course materials that they were going to have um, steeper qualifications. So anyone who wants to take this course needs to be a certified Braille transcriber in UEB. If their original certification as a transcriber was based on the EBAE code that I mentioned, then that transcriber would need to attain a letter of proficiency using Unified English Braille. Once they had that, they would also be required to have one year of experience using UEB. And after achieving these prerequisites, then they'd be able to apply for the technical Braille transcribing course. Thank you, Tina. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the course itself. So you'll find in the paper a lot of detail regarding what kind of content is in uh, each section of the course. Um, so we're not going to delve too much into that, but the, the format of the course itself is similar to previous NLS courses in that it's a series of lessons, uh, it's 13 lessons and a 14th final exercise. 
So each lesson is its uh, kind of own self-contained uh, unit in that it, it has a kind of similar concept groupings. Um, and the student will proceed through a series of drills and practices, uh, lots of examples. And then at the end of each lesson, there's an exercise that's submitted to a uh, instructor who grades the exercise and lets the student know if they're ready to move on to the next section. Um, so the actual content of the course is quite uh, uh, vast in terms of the amount of uh, ground that it attempts to cover. So we've been working on this uh, since 2016. We wrapped it up uh, earlier this year. And uh, the concepts themselves run the gamut from you know, mathematics, uh, poetry, uh, cartoons, Old English, puzzles, uh, lots of different ways on how to transcribe foreign language material, uh, smatterings of IPA and music, and so, you know, initially when we were tasked with putting this course together, it's easy to look up at the mountain and, and think, you know, how am I, how am I gonna get up, get up top? Um, so initially we, we took every single rule and concept and piece of guidance that we thought was relevant and created this huge master list of concepts, pages and pages and pages of rules with reference numbers. And we started to take these concepts and put them into groupings. So uh, kind of thematic groupings where things seem to be relevant to one another or build on one another um, and trying to create these different kind of content silos. Um, these were then uh, developed into outlines uh, and these outlines were then developed into extremely rough initial drafts. So different members of our development team primarily uh, myself, uh, Tina, and uh, another colleague, Saul Gaza, um, would take a lesson outline and start to put some meat on the bones, so start to write out um, the different rules and guidance, start to put in examples. And throughout all of this, as we're starting to create these drafts, we're constantly moving things. We're constantly looking at prior lessons so that we can um, include, uh, you know, pieces of guidance, um, you know, for instance, if you have poetry in lesson two, well, in lesson three, in some of the examples, you might want to in include a little bit of poetry in some of your examples to display an additional piece of guidance, such as, you know, foreign language and literary text. So trying to make sure that the lessons themselves kind of linked and, you know, Tina's going to talk a little bit more about how we started to reconcile these individual drafts um, into something that connected. Yeah, so as Sam mentioned, we came up with the first drafts, but we were working separately when we did that. And after we got our drafts, we started reviewing them and we realized very quickly that, hey, we've got three different authors. We've got three totally different writing styles and different voices kind of coming through. And we each had our own kind of stylistic ways of saying things. So we determined we had to work together to now reconcile this all so that we would have one clear voice, one basic, one basic writing style that would come through and that the language, so the language would be more consistent, straightforward through instead of being obviously varied coming from the different authors. So we realized, okay, our, our silo, our individual, our silo work was 
basically coming to an end. We had to attack this as a team. So we started using round tables or just meeting times that were extended. So three to four hours at a time, we would set aside to work on these lessons. We would determine what lesson we were gonna tackle on which day. And then each of us was responsible for reviewing that material ahead of time and taking notes, identifying what did we think were the gaps uh, what do we think needed revisions? What do we think was good to go? Or what do we think need, you know, needs further development? Or was there anything that we thought wasn't relevant to that lesson and really would fit better somewhere else? Then once we met, um, we would sit and go over all of our notes and go through the, the lesson from start to finish. First, looking at the structure because, you know, you had to, we had to start with the structure and make sure we had our structure in place. Once we've got that hammered out, then we would start working on the actual content of the concepts. What, what was the concept we were trying to teach in a specific section? Was that fully fleshed out? Did it need to refer to anything else in that same lesson or in a different lesson? You know, so there was a um, lot of details to keep up with all these moving parts during the round tables. But we found that it allowed us to work collectively as a group in a much more efficient manner. Um, this also was very substantial in helping us because uh, we had a group of beta testers who were taking the course, you know, just as any student would. They were taking the course, but they were also providing significant feedback on the lessons in the same areas. Of, did they, you know, did they find any problem with the structure? Was, you know, they would give us suggestions sometimes. Uh, they would give us, hey, you know, this example is okay, but maybe you want to try this example to really highlight, you know, X. Um, they just gave us massive amounts of feedback throughout the course. And so the roundtables really helped us as a group to be able to incorporate all that in a very efficient manner. Once we felt that we had the print lessons completely done, so to speak, and we finished the, you know, actual print formatting and all that, then we set about transcribing them into Braille. And after that, we had to develop the answer keys. The answer keys themselves were um, interesting because they're, uh, you know, if it's a math problem, typically we would say, oh, you know, here's the math problem, here's the answer. Well, maybe. We found that there are, um, especially with the math, there were, quite a few instances where there's more than one correct way to transcribe the math problem. So this led to further revisions in the lessons because we wanted to make sure that we incorporated, okay, if you have, you know, this specific type of equation and there's more than one way to do it, we wanted to be clear so the student would know when they were doing the drills and doing the exercise that what they were expected to do, you know, which version, um, so it required a whole nother layer that had to be looked at, reviewed, revised, and then ultimately incorporated into those answer keys. Um, one other aspect of the answer keys that was quite interesting was the, um, I believe it was lesson three, the cartoons. Now cartoons are very visual. So we had to get quite creative and make sure that we were able to incorporate that content uh, in a, an accessible and equitable manner for the Braille readers. And we did this by using you know, transcribers notes and supplying complete descriptions of 
the content of the cartoons. And then the braille readers who were the students were tasked with, same as the print readers, determining, okay, out of this content, what is the valid content? What do I really need to have in this frame for this cartoon? Um, and then as, as we came to the development of the keys, we worked as a team to create a set of grading guidelines specifically for cartoons because it's it's very subjective and with anything that's subjective you're going to have there's no two transcribers will transcribe it in the same manner so we had to identify what were the key elements that were absolutely pertinent to the transcription of this cartoon frame by frame um, and we listed those out and provided those along with the course to NLS so that you know, graders have something that they can go right along. Oh, okay, this frame, this is what's important, you know. Otherwise, it would just be in, you know, a monumental task to try to grade <laughs> something as, as varied and as subjective as cartoons. So with that, I'll hand it over to Sam. Well, um, you know, I, I think that it's also probably pretty apparent to, to those of you um, at ICEB that this is very much a living course. Uh, so the course itself, uh, you know, is something that will need to be updated pretty much constantly as new guidance is provided by BANA or by ICEB. Uh, you know, several instances during development, uh, we had to change tack on a couple different lessons because of new guidance that came out. And that's something that's probably going to continue uh, well into the future. And, you know, we really hope uh, here at Clovenook um, that the course itself is going to be uh, something that is really going to help uh, the standards of Braille transcription uh, in the U.S. Um, so that when someone who's a transcriber is working on a math textbook or working on uh, something that has a lot of poetry or Old English or a puzzle book, that they have the training and the experience and the qualifications and the skills to do it effectively so that the reader is going to have a more consistent experience from text to text. And that's really the end goal is, is for the reader of all these Braille materials to have a consistent experience. And so we at Clovenuk here are so thankful to the NLS uh, and to all the various uh, partners that we worked with on this project. And uh, we look forward to your questions. Thank you.